Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Today we are talking about Edwin's challenge. Whee! <laughs> Today we are talking about challenges, how to face them, and how to overcome them. You improvise, you overcome, you adapt. What did we do, Megan? What did we do recently that was a challenge? What did you do? It, oh, we had we had a challenge that you you may be wondering. Um. There has been some months between mm-hmm. Megan crushing her challenge, succeeding, finding all of her worth inside a utility cabinet, and then losing it. No, I didn't lose it. I still have it. It's very pretty. Uh, no, so I the last challenge was um, a couple months ago. And you may be wondering, um, well, are you guys just over-challenging yourselves and pushing the envelope? And are you guys just stopping and staying in homeostasis and just slowly slipping backwards? And while some of that may be true, uh, we, we were actually working on a challenge. And one thing I'd like to say, though, is no matter how hard in these past months we've pushed the envelope, it will forever remain stationary. That was what? amazing. Okay. Uh, no, so so actually, and I think we left it, at, if you go back to, to listen to... If you have good memories. If you have good memories. Uh, otherwise, you can go back and listen to our challenge videos. We have, I think, two? More than two? Uh, and the... Our listeners are thinking every podcast they get through is a challenge. That's true, but that's on them. That's the, their that's, challenge. That's we, their we challenge. Are, we are here for you, but we also need to challenge ourselves. That's very true indeed. Right? Uh, so, you know, you can go back and we had kind of teased y'all with the next challenge saying it was mm-hmm. going to be Edwin's challenge because we try to alternate. Yes, we do. And it was going to be some carpentry, but also reimagining, taking something that was once a thing and then turning it into another thing, completely different than the first thing, but using the first thing's things. This is very confusing the way I am. I'm... So, so we actually, we did stay on task. It's just the task took us much longer than we anticipated. Way longer. So why don't you tell us, refresh your memories. What was actually the task? What was the challenge? And uh, did you finish? Did you abandon it? Where are we now? Okay. I mean, so we're in the basement, but besides that. We are after the challenge has been completed, which is a really good feeling. Well, let's bring you back a couple months. Back through the years, I go wandering once again. Back to the seasons of my youth. What we have is that this was a challenge that was actually requested of me. So by uh, a customer, and this was to bring new life to a 1920s couch. This couch had been in the family for quite some time. Actually came from a furnished apartment in New York. Wasn't it in her family since the 40s? Since the 40s, yes. So it's believed that the 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 couch itself came from 1920s, although it could be 1930s. There was no maker's date on it and no maker's mark. So that was a no, little unfortunate. Which... We looked around for that. This was actually providential because... If there had been something on the couch that said that showed who made it and whether it was worth a lot as a couch, this project would not have gone forward. And that's we were going to turn it into something that was more useful to our customer, our client, and that was into a table. She didn't need a sofa; she needed a table, something a little bit smaller, uh, something more just to remember the sofa by and those good memories instead of just taking up a lot of space. 
like I was saying, if there had been details, historical details that had made the couch more valuable, we wouldn't have proceeded with that because we had to hack this thing apart. Yeah, and and the so w- what we discovered through digging a little deeper, the value was in the hand carved detailing, the the trim of the couch. Yeah. And the sentimental value. Yeah. That's right. So we were going to preserve those features that were valuable and transform the couch into a useful and gorgeous piece of tabledom. That's a word now. Yes, it is. So this is uh, the first part. So this is, okay, let's kind of like backtrack to how we even got roped into doing this. Roped in? You you mean excitedly trapped? Excited, Yes enthusiastically trapped yes imprisoned by our own will yes Uh, slap those golden handcuffs on us yes uh you were you were actually making a mantle for our client right and then she showed you this piece yeah right and then i remember vividly one night getting uh some texts saying here's a couch we're doing something with it (laughs) and i was like what and she's like yeah give me some ideas what we can do with it i'm talking to a client <laughs> i'm like uh, 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 i don't know what to do with a couch because we watch flea market flip yeah i don't think they've ever done a couch where it wasn't still a couch by the end so i was like yeah. racking my brain so i came up with a couple ideas and y- you ended up taking yeah. the job and saying we'll do something with it that's right and so this was a little bit of a moment where we're reaching higher than what we know we can do. Yeah, so we, that officially makes it a challenge. Yeah, we right away knew it was going to be more than we've ever done before yes. on something. Yeah. It's not whenever you're trying to turn something into something else that's not just a raw material, it's way harder. Always. It's kind of like remodeling a house as opposed to building a new house. Yeah. It's yeah. different challenges. Yeah. And, and way trickier ones, because you never know what you're going to find, right? Mm-hmm. But what did we find, Megan, when we first tore it apart? When we first tore it, we found a ton of tacks. Tons. All hand-driven so tacks. So many tacks, which I hope they're easier to put in than they are to take out. Well, they get really good at putting them in. Because so. that was intense, because not only was there the, the, the decorative tacks, but then there was all the tacks holding the fabric in. So you have to envision this couch. It, it has a curved arm. Mm-hmm. So that made it kind of tricky to get the upholstery off because they to make the corners and the curves neat, they have to use so many, so many nails, so oh, many yeah. tacks. It's crazy. And also, how many layers go into a couch? A couch like that. It had at least four layers. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a little bit nasty inside. Okay. All right, now let's see, where were we? Oh, yes. In the pit of despair. Each layer, I'm like, okay, this is this is a little bit gross. A little bit gross. Next layer. Oh, oh, this is a little bit worse. Oh, this is worse. And then you can finally get to the last layer where it's all this horse hair. And I, I, I ran. I fleed. I flew. I ran away. No, I didn't. But I was, I was, this is not... A good look. No. It, no, it was it, not nice to deal with. It's very hurtful. Dusty. Dusty. It was, it, for me, the, the taking apart was was what I actually had the most to do with, besides yeah. a little bit of design. Yeah. Uh, we designed it together, and then I helped you take it apart, and I'm like, that was the worst job. Taking it apart was, it was brutal because it never ended either. Mm-hmm. Because just when you thought you got all the tacks out, there is more. Yeah. And just trying to find a good method for taking out the tacks. Yeah. So did you find a good method? Kind of. I it was a little cat's paw bar that I had, and I'd smack it with a hammer and get the tack out. Mm-hmm. Which you know you got better at it as you went along. So what <sighs> what did you do though if you had like really hard time like when that tool didn't work, or did it always work? It eventually always worked. The worst, the, the, the well, see, the, as the more aggressive you get, the more you go and like dent and chew up the wood. Right, which is like that's the one part that we wanted to keep and our client wanted to keep. So that was a little bit scary too. Right, with hacking into that. 
Well, I mean, the whole thing was like there was no going back, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were destroying it as a couch as we went into this. Mm -hmm. And we knew we did not have the skills to reupholster it. Right. And we had even looked at what it would cost to reupholster. Yeah. What what would it have cost reupholster this rather small couch? Ooh, something like five, five thousand. Five to seven thousand. Yeah. U.S. dollars. Yeah. And I mean, even if it, we had made it into a chair, so like take out a, a chunk of it and, mm-hmm. and make it smaller, it would have been still very expensive, probably three yes. to five. Yeah. So upholstery, reupholstery didn't really fit. Didn't fit anybody's budget. No, especially since she didn't have a place to put another couch. Like that wasn't what it needed to be. Exactly. So we went with the design of a table, kind of a... I don't know what the, the term would be because it, it was what what is the name of that kind of table? I call it a side table. No. Well, it's longer. Like I would say it's more like a consult table. That's a good name too. Does, I that, like, does I, that work? Consult. Because it's it's taller than a coffee table, longer <laughs> than a side table. Yeah. It works just right for her space. Yes, it's custom. It's custom. <laughs> That's what we do. We do custom. It's like a, it's uh, like a sideboard. Yeah. It's kind like, of, but not really. Yeah. I would say it's one of those tables that would be the right height to put your TV on. Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah. And it's not too wide. No. So. So that's how it, it, it ended up. So basically, once we got the couchiness away from it. Yeah. You basically took over. So yes. why don't you kind of walk through that whole process? Figuring that out. That figuring that out. Did you have a game plan the whole time? Did it keep changing as you uncovered more things? We there was definitely things to consider. The the biggest thing was like how are we going to join everything? And it had already been uh it was originally fabricated using dowel joinery. So the problem with that is that it's a little hard to break apart and get it to break apart cleanly. So the dowels usually break inside the holes. And then you have to kind of decide what you're going to do next. Are you going to try to drill out the broken dowels and like just go back to the dowel joinery? I did I did kind of a, a mixture of uh, joining techniques. On one point, I did a Morrison tendon. So I was able to with the material take out where the holes for the dowels had been to make the the mortise and then make a tenon because i was shrinking the sides of the couch well that's the thing i think that you would probably recommend to people looking to do these kind of furniture flips that it's easier to size down instead of trying well, to keep it roughly the same size no because then yeah. that gave you more material to work with right? oh yeah it does like, if you had tried to make a table that was exactly the same length as the couch yeah the, wouldn't it have been more difficult well new material would have had to have been found and it would have been more difficult it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't just work like that mm-hmm. especially and you definitely couldn't just make it bigger you can't there's only so much material to work with sure and again we were not using only pieces from the couch we were adding to it so the tabletop itself was not made from couch material just because there wasn't anything. So what percentage would you say it ended up being from the couch? Hard to say, like kind of like going by weight maybe. Is that a good way to judge it? Yeah, go by weight. Because I I guess. Yeah, surface, yeah. hmm. Because it's hard to to go by like surface area. impact. In terms of impact, I'd say it's 50-50. By terms of weight, what would you say? It would be like 40% from the couch and 60%. Oh, okay. That's better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was really just a piece of plywood and then the tabletop pieces, which were yellow birch. That's true. And then a, a couple trim pieces. And Yeah, but that because, hardly weighs anything. Because the pieces that we wanted to save, that the hand-carved wood, yeah. of course, it had to be bigger than the hand-carving because they had to staple the, the fabric yeah. to it, yeah. right? So you made some trim pieces to cover up a lot of the staple a holes. A lot of the staple holes. So some is still there and I think we'll get into we let's Yeah. 
let's talk about it now, is how we really wanted this piece to still feel like it was a couch. Yes. We didn't want it to look like a magazine console table. You want to preserve some of the history. So the idea was to leave some of the tack holes, even some of the the nails, right, Mm -hmm. in it and not clean it up so much. We kept the original finish. Yep. So all of those things to kind of preserve that history, we used for the back, what would they be, back legs? Yep. Back legs, we used pieces from inside the couch frame. So all of this was in mind of, yes, it is a table, but also trying to preserve that history of it being a couch. Right, which was the whole reason we were doing it. So the, there was no reason to try to, like, hide its past life. Couchiness. Yes. Precisely so. Was it the big comfy couch? It was kind of a moderately small, um, not super comfy couch. But we did make a big Molly mess. Molly the dolly would be so sad. Well, she wouldn't be because we did make a big mess. Wait a minute. Who made this big mess? Me? Oh, yes. She did like that. Yeah. And then we had to clean it up. Who made this big mess? I did. It was me. It was Edwin. So it's kind of funny because those tacks ended oh, up in my... Oh, you are made your bed head. Yeah. This works so well. <laughs> those tacks ended up in my shoes like crazy. Oh, no. And because you tried not to just let them drop on the floor. We had right. a little bucket for we it, did. but you, you lose track of some of them. And one time I'm going for a walk. And then you're just walking and all of a sudden I go, ow! One had worked Oh no! through my shoe. Oh, no. It wasn't too big a deal, but it was... Did you bleed? No. Was there blood? There was no blood. <laughs> wow, that's dangerous. But it was kind of like, what? I know, because, uh, Michelle, your your wife ran into the garage once with no shoes, and she right away picked one up. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. It's much better now. Yeah. But... <laughs> Couple sweeps. This is why you wear shoes. But I have to say that the the, the top... The, the whole project turned out amazingly well, even though it took more time than I thought yeah, it would. Yeah, so, so why do you think it, it took more time than you thought? Because Where... I just wasn't realistic with my expectations. Okay, so it was just not realizing the amount of hours. That it would take. Ballpark, how many hours do you think it took you? I know it's tough because you're qu- going to qualify. So you did it after work and you did it Saturday morning. So like, were you actually at peak performance and... Blah, blah, blah. But people just want to know how many hours it took. They don't care about your life, Edwin. I was thinking 50 hours. 50? 50 to 60. Yeah. Which, I mean... Well, some of 50, that was very fiddly. Yeah. I, 50 hours is a week. A whole work week. Hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like it probably was that. Okay. Yeah. I, I think... Yeah, and of course you weren't you weren't counting, so yeah, I wasn't counting. One, two, three. Four. May I? That's always the hard part with side projects or projects that if it's not your whole business that you don't track it very well. It's just hard in general because I I have it that I forget, and then people are like how I forget to set a timer, and then people are like, well, how long did that take you? And like, it's really hard to say because I did it for about half an hour and then I had to go and do something else and then I did it for an hour-ish. I don't even know. And then I did this and then I had to put it away for three weeks because of this. And then I had to get in the groove. And and then I had to figure it out again because I had stopped because I actually ran into a problem. So I had to figure out the problem. Yeah. So like, I don't know how long it actually took me. So it, it takes doing something several times to actually get a feel for it because now finally... After making six of the t-shirt yarn bags, mm-hmm. I know that it takes me about an hour and a half to crochet the bag, kind yeah. of maybe two hours to, to do everything, to finish everything on the bag. Yeah. And then it takes me about, to be generous, 20 minutes to make a strap. 
Okay. Although not even. So we'll we'll say 10 minutes. 10, 10, 15. Okay. Generous. Okay. 15. You can tell how good I am at this. But, okay, so then where, where are we at? Like two hours and 15 minutes? Yeah. And then, then the whole question of how long did it take you to cut up the t-shirts for it? Um, do you think I have a clue? No, I don't. Because I get in the zone and I forget Yeah. to think about that. I mean, my guess would be it takes two and a half t-shirts on average. Probably took me half an hour. Yeah. I'm always surprised how quickly I do things, actually, when I'm, I'm, I'm actually timing myself. Yeah. And what I like to do for, I don't know, just like an endorphin or dopamine hit is to have a timer for 10 minutes. And every time it, it dings, I'm like, wow, I got so far in 10 minutes. Like, okay. I'm always surprised how, like, how long 10 minutes can be. You can sometimes get a lot done in 10 minutes. So in that way, I almost do better than just setting a stopwatch. I do better if I have like 10 minutes go off. Okay. And then I kind of like figure out how many 10 minutes it is. I have had certain jobs though where not a lot got done though. I know that's sad. Then then you're like, I am still here. (laughs) 1,000 hours later. Yes. Yes. But it all turned out really well. I'm super pleased with it. Hopefully we can post a picture or two of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, would you say like what was what was we always talk talk about this with challenges? What was yeah. the one thing that you learned that you were surprised about? How useful and easy crag jigs are. Okay. Which is diagonal hidden screw fasteners. So kind of the idea that buying the right tool for the job. Yeah. But this one in particular, the what? The Craig's? It's called like a Craig uh, jig. Craig jig. Yeah. K-R-E-G. Okay. And how expensive is something like that? I got mine pretty cheap, like 25 bucks. Okay. That's It's not the top model. Sure. There's lots of, there's like $100 models and stuff that lines stuff up for you. what kind of stuff, like who, who would be good to buy this? Like what? What kind of line of projects Ooh. would you recommend this for? The hobbyist. The hobbyist of what? Of DIY, anything. <laughs> the hobbyist of broad the, spectrum. <laughs> yeah, like... The hobbyist of I can't narrow down what I'm saying. Or do you own a house? Do you want to do a simple, like, mirror frame? Buy a Craig jig. Do you, do you want to build a plywood box? They all get put in boxes, little boxes, all the same. There's a green one, and a pink one, and a blue one, and a yellow one, and they all made out of ticky-tacky, and they all look just the same. Yes, I have oft wanted to build that. Actually, See. I did end up building that. Why didn't I have this for my thing? Oh, because we were doing a different Different We're ways. doing a different thing. Well, yeah. well, then it didn't apply to me, and I'm Except, a hobbyist who DIYs. I know, but we, if we had had it, we could have used it. I, I, I'm disappointed in my teacher. The truth hey, comes out. Hey, you, you know, you can't have all the tools all at once. I guess not. But we, we didn't even talk about it. This, this wounds me. Well, because there's a perfectly acceptable way to do it without it. Yeah, like putting too much glue on it. Yep. <laughs> So much glue. I was left unsupervised. And I You're put like, way too much glue on it. It's so hard to hold it in the right spot. It just slips everywhere. I was like, well, you don't have to put, you know, all the glue on it. Well. Now you know. I thought more would be more. The bigger the glob, the better the job. Exactly. Uh, so you ended up using the dowel fasteners for part of it, right? I did use dowel fasteners as well. So yeah. there's three types of joints on there. There's a Morrison tenon and dowel jig and a Craig jig. And how did you finish it? Once the piece all came together, finishing is a big job, the, the sanding and staining, polishing, all of that. So yes. especially on antique furniture, how was, how was that? It was all right. I didn't touch the original finish too much. I basically just wiped it down with a little bit of Danish oil and called it good. Okay, so like a natural. Yeah. What? So an oil product. Yeah. It, Danish oil about, is what like. What do you think about waxes? 
I haven't used too many waxes, but the, like when I have, I've had fairly good success. Okay, but the the oil basically did the same thing as the wax. Yeah, yeah. All those things you should really try to build up layers with oh, okay. with the oils or the waxes. Waxing and waning. And yes. Oiling. Wax and... on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on. Wax off. How many coats did you end up doing? I ended up doing two. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't. So not excessive. It's not like ten coats or. No, the the more glossy you want it, the more coats you do. Okay. I think the biggest thing I learned with the project is just if you stick a project out, you can get it done. Sometimes it doesn't seem like you're going to get something done, but you. There was a long section where it seemed like very little was happening. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was done. That's how a lot of projects go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But th- where, do you, where did you get stuck, do you think? Mm. Um, I had to break down and buy the Craig jig, and then I had to find a little piece of plywood, and from work. I stole it from work. Oh, okay. I was like, don't they have stores? Well, they the, have Craig jigs and little pieces of plywood. So yeah, the 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 problem is is that if you want to buy a piece of plywood, not a lot of places sell a piece of plywood that's the right size. So you buy a sheet of plywood, which mm-hmm. is a hundred dollars. It is. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. Okay. And that's for paint grade plywood. Yeah. So. Which lum- is what you used? You yeah, painted it. Yeah. Lumber is pretty expensive. Yeah. So that's partly when you um, are pricing things out. You should price yes. out accordingly for your raw materials. Is there kind of a calculator that is available to do that, or is it not so much? You just need to know your price as well and, and just, know your sources, yeah. right? Know yeah. who to go to. Yeah, that's I'm, that's I'm guessing happened. like Home Depots and Lowe's. You're not getting a very good deal. Would be my assumption. You're not. <laughs> you wanted to say something nice. Sometimes you luck out. It's not, it's, if you pay close attention, certain big box stores are going to have better prices than like contractor suppliers, but it's just whether they got that shipment in for cheaper than usual or not. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, you were saying something that I kind of thought was interesting how you found it so exciting that this piece always had the the capability of being that table like the table was always inside of the couch yeah do you want to do you want to kind of go off of that because it's kind of a weird thing to think about i just what i would think about well i partly think about it because there's that that michelangelo's like moses is always in the block of marble i just revealed him Right. right. Yes. And then I kind of feel like that with this project. Oh, that's That cool. the table was always there. It just had to be revealed. Yes. And you just had to take away all the pieces of marble that didn't look like Moses. Exactly. Yeah. So all the pieces of couch that didn't look like table. I just took away. Yeah. yeah. It it kind of feels a little bit like that. It's just it's just a nice it's just a really interesting mental thing to me that it's just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It's a little bit wow, like that's deep. It's a little bit like faith. Yeah. You have to have faith that it is going to turn into a table. Sure. And there's no rational reason for it to be a table except mm-hmm. for the fact that you try to impose your will upon a material object. Mhm. So, that's what I think about. That was really cool. No, it turned out so stunning. I think you should make tables that look like that just, like, cut out of original pieces of wood. Yeah. Maybe not hand-carved. But there were some really beautiful lines that I wasn't expecting to come out. Yeah. Like, using those those supports. It, the, from internal the, couch, the internal supports from the couch to be actually the supporting legs. Like, those curvatures, as opposed to the, the other curves in the front of the carving... Yeah. It looks so good. It really did turn it's out. It's really elegant, but truly one of a kind. I thought it kind of ended up looking like a cello. Honestly, like those curves. Yep. 
look like an elongated like violin or some sort of string and, and instrument. The, yeah, and the thing is, the carving on the the front and the sides is very ornate, but it still didn't mm -hmm. look overbearing, and it could actually yeah, fit in a, a lot more decors. Yeah, and it's not one of the carvings where it's uh, a specific thing. It's right. more like the textural and like the leaf design. Yeah. And I, what I really loved on that piece was they had all these little ball trim and it was painted gold. Yeah. I thought that was really stunning. That texture of the of the little balls and then yes. a hint of the like an antique, like, like a dusting a of gold. Yeah was really beautiful look like little gold beads kind of yeah, like adorning. It looked, yeah, yeah it looked like beads absolutely so they, they just laid beads oh it was it was gorgeous yeah i know what a treasure to work on it was yeah and uh it's very nice to work with people who trust you with their, their I furniture know. I yeah. was like, really are you sure okay gonna do our best yep so that was the challenge that was the challenge we will that post some pictures yes and you did amazing. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Which leads us to our next one. What no, are, no rest for the weary. That's right. Wicked? No wicked. rest for no rest for the wicked. Another ain't no rest for the wicked until we close our eyes for good. Well, we're on to the next challenge because there's no rest for the wicked. And what is our next challenge? Our next challenge is making the delicious substance that we have been sipping on while we're recording. When's all gone? Is it all gone? Mm -hmm. Much sadness. Wow, you really liked it. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's taking mine now. Oh, boy. All right. We are going to make our own kombucha, which is a fermented tea drink. And it actually tastes all right. You're surprised. Yeah. I, well, I drink it every night. I've had somewhere, uh, one I remember, it was extremely sour. Like, not just fun sour anymore. Just extreme. Is that one you had here? I think so. I think oh. I've only had kombucha here. No, I, I love it. And I've always been interested in the idea of ferment, fermentation. Yeah, of doing that, but... Kombucha, it seems like, is actually a very easy way to get into that. Yeah, it's it seems like you basically set it and forget it. Yeah. I really think it probably originated because somebody made a pot of tea and forgot about it for like a month. Probably. I mean, that's how a lot of those things, like, isn't that how the monks made beer or something like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, they made beer way before the monks. Oh, what was it? It was a certain kind of vinegar, wasn't it? Well, yeah, vinegar is you just... Is bad wine. Yeah. I thought there was like a certain... Anyways, I'll leave the monks alone. Okay. I'm not up on my monkish. Monk <laughs> so, no, uh, the reason why uh, I want to do this is, like I said, I drink it every night. And I think it would be really cool to start making it. Because then I can come up with new flavors. And also, it's kind of a pricier object it's not it's not terrible yeah but it could be much cheaper if you make it at home yeah and i think partly because it's, it's a health food it gets to yeah. be a little bit more and it's not like a ton of people drink it right the market's smaller and i think just the extra like fermentation is harder to produce than like a juice or something like that yeah, kind of, but not really. Not really? Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, juices have to be pasteurized so that they don't oh, ferment. That's true. So I think there's a lot that just goes into making something, and they're just not... I think not... there's more in, into yeah. it than meets the eye. It's yeah. much easier to drink than to make. Well, well, I mean, just looking at it, it it is... It's a specialty item. Like the, it's not even they don't package it in normal bottles. Like, well, it has to be glass, I think. Why would it have to be glass? They because it's fizzy. They have beer in cans. Fizzy wizzy. Mm. Yeah, you're right. They probably have cans of it. You would think. Yeah, I like the glasses though. I mean, it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, yours turn out just as pretty. So when are you going to start this? Wait, mine? What? Mine is... Oh, hopefully mine what? 
Kombucha. Oh, yes. I hope it will be beautiful and tasty and scrumptiously yumptious. <laughs> when are you going to start it? Now, today. This very moment. No, um, hopefully by the time that this goes live, I will be able to start growing my SCOBY. Okay. Which we're going to call Scooby. <laughs> my Scooby Scooby. <laughs> because everything is better if you name it and you have a funny name for it. I'm just telling you, it, it makes the chicken in our yard so much more enjoyable that we've named her Geraldine. Yeah. So I, I think... Scooby the Scooby. Scooby the Scooby. Uh, so what, what we have to do is I have to find plain kombucha. Which has like cultures in it. Uh, if you've ever, I don't know, it's the same idea of like a whole apple cider vinegar where it has like the mother in it. Mm -hmm. It basically has the cultures in it. Yeah. So it's like the kombucha culture coming with us. Art. Art. Music. music books. Everything. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring it and then we're going to dump it in the tea. Okay. Uh, and so later we'll spill the tea. Do you know what that saying means? Oh, yeah. Where's the tea? Tea party. <laughs> what? I don't think you know what that means. It just, the tea it, means gossip. Yeah. Bad you. Gossip. Gossip. <laughs> that was so Jersey. So, gossip. <laughs> Spill well, the tie. What's the tie? What's the tie? Oh, now, now we're Cockney or some <laughs> terrible English accent. That's the problem with me doing accents is that it's just like a conglomeration. It just starts all one, amalgamates. Yes. Wow, we got conglomerate and amalgamate all in one one sentence. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, way to go us. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, I need to grow the SCOBY, which is a disc of culture, mm -hmm. but not a CD, although it is around that size. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> it is around the size of a CD. And what you do once you've grown your, your SCOBY is that you're going to place that in your tea. So, it needs sugar and caffeine to be able to ferment. And once it's fermented, then you can add seasonings to it, like juices or herbs, and then you bottle it for a second fermentation. So that's the general idea. So the second fermentation is where you get the fizz. Right. Uh, so you, you get it under pressure. I don't think this will be our most challenging challenge as far as There's a lot of go. inactivity, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, so there's a lot of putting it in the pot and getting... But what I'm going to need to figure out is the sourcing. And then I think the challenge is going to be creating the perfect flavor. The perfect of, balance. Of kombucha. Yes. As far as timelines go, I have no idea how long this is going to take for us to actually get a drinkable drink. It sounds like it's going to take at least a month. Yeah. If everything goes well. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully in a month we'll be talking about how we are making the best kombucha ever. I feel like this is the perfect time of year, though, to begin when it starts getting a little cooler. How so? Well, doesn't it have to sit at cooler temperatures to ferment? I just know it has to be at room temperature. Oh. I didn't. I don't know. How warm does that room have to be? That's a very good question. Anyways. No, they say that, like, room temperature is different. Depending on your room. Yes. Well, no, like, they say, like, room temperature for for red wine. But in France, they consider, like, room temperature colder than we do. Right. So then, actually, your red wine should be slightly chilled if you're an American. Like yes. This, right? And you listen to everybody that you should listen to. I try to listen to everybody that I should listen I to. I should hope so. <laughs> Why don't you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. So what is, what is your prediction for the fight? Pain. But I am predicting that it's going to go about as well as things that you newly embark upon go. Like me personally? As one. What? <laughs> When one tries something new, one can't expect it to be perfect. But oh, so it's doomed to fail. Is what no, saying. I'm just saying there's going to be hiccups. Yes, especially since it's fizzy. And I'm sure that the first batch will not take taste as good as your hundredth batch. Yeah, yeah, and I, I isn't I, that fair? That is fair. But I'm really excited to play around with different teas because mm -hmm. a lot of the ones that I see 
uh, stick with black tea, but I know you can use green tea. And probably oolong. This one yeah, said. Is it this one oolong? Oolong. Which I wonder if that makes it. Oh, um, I lied. The one I'm drinking has green tea. I'm a liar. Liar! 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 Get back, witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! But... Well, oolong, I think, is basically. Ba- oolong is basically between green tea and black tea. Oh, okay. But there's the same leaf from the same plant. It's just black tea is actually fermented. Oh, so it would be a double ferment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to play with with the flavors and try different fruits out, but also herbs and it actually has a certain like I feel like an apple cider kombucha would be very possible. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mixing apple cider in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I find like it almost has an apple cider quality to it. It does. It's 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 apple cider season, and I actually really like it. Yeah. It's weird that you can't get apple cider all the year time. All the year. All the year long. <laughs> Isn't it weird? That is, well, I mean, it's apple season, right? So it's dependent. But I guess there's apple season someplace all the time. It's wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. I say it's duck season, and I say fire. It it takes a long time for apples to get to your store, right? Well, they're they're kept in cold storage so that you can have apples year long. Right. So you would think you could have cider year long. Yeah. I wonder if people just stop buying it. That's probably what it is. I think that's what it is, is that people just associate it with this time of year and then they, they stop buying it. I'm and, realizing, though, that I'm incredibly picky with my apple cider. Yeah. That there's a lot of brands that are very disappointing. Very. I need like the organic, whole press. I don't know, like seven apple pl- blend. I don't know, like where it's thick and creamy and full of flavor. And they use good rotten apples. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've had apple cider, where it's basically like sour apple juice. Yeah. And that's that's for me doesn't work because I hate apple juice. Yeah, me too. I think it's disgusting. A- but apple cider is made from all the tree, the the fruit that drops from the tree. Yeah, but it's it's kept with like it's pressed with the skin on, right? And that's yep. why it's that darker color. Yep. Well, also apple juice is filtered and then pasteurized. And... Right. So you want the unfiltered, unpasteurized. Yeah. Well, get... you have to pasteurize a little bit. A, a wee little bit. Otherwise, you would so end up. So it's the unfiltered that you're looking for. Yep. Hmm. Because kombucha has quite a lot of downtime and inactivity, Megan has decided to take on another challenge, and this is to spend more time on her torture device. Yeah, I don't know why I suggested this. But now you have to go through with it. I know. it's. it's... What is the torture device, and so what the, are you hoping to gain? The torture device that I have is a acu- is, is called an acupuncture mat. Uh, that I got off of Amazon. It was about $25. And it's these plastic needles that are on a foam bed. It's about, it's a, it's big enough for me to get my entire back. And then it comes with a neck pillow that also has these plastic pins on them. So it's like each r- round head it's mm-hmm. about, how big is that, an inch? Yeah, inch across. So about an inch, and it's filled with these dots that are about an inch, and then each in, each dot has a whole bunch of spikes in it. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it's acupuncture. So it's, it's pushing on, on your nerves and that it will release the pain. However acupuncture is supposed to work, it kind of works like that. The only thing is, is that it's not someone targeting it to be for a specific pain. It's just like you hit what you hit. Right. Uh, and it's like the, carpet bombing your back. Yeah. And the idea is that uh, it stimulates blood flow and that it also, because of the, the pain of it, that it releases endorphins. 
Yes. So what I'm trying, like I've I've been struggling with pain for a long time, but it's kind of hitting another wall again, as it always does this time of year. And I've noticed that when I use it, it is like fire ants trying to escape from your skin. So it's like they're trapped inside you and they're pushing on your back. It's pretty horrible. Okay. It's it's not enjoyable for me at all. Do it. Yeah. But on the flip side, I do find that I get some relief. Even if it is like a temporary relief, I do get some some relief from, right. from the pain. Especially when I'm having a lot of twitching and yeah um just back pain you know it doesn't help with pain in other places i haven't noticed anything with like my brain fog doesn't seem to help with that but what i would like to do is do it every day for a month and see if it helps or if it's just a hit or miss thing or if it's something that i should continue and make a habit because at this point i don't know if it is just reserved for like oh it's really bad let me try it or if it's, I get more benefits if I use it every day. Right, kind because of you've never tried that. Yeah. At first, I started pretty good, but it, it's not been consistent. Okay. I am not, however, going to set a time limit. No. Because sometimes I can only handle it for a minute. Sometimes I can go up to five minutes. And I don't think it's the time that really matters. I think it's the sensation that okay you get if that makes sense like there's a certain level of burning that i just like all of a sudden i can't deal anymore right so then I think that makes sense it's time to stop and I, i'm thinking too the longer i do it or the, the more days that i do it the longer i'll be able to do it yes so that's that's mine so that's an everyday thing and then the kombucha is gonna be you know lurking in the background brewing away yes uh which i think you're gonna help me out with that right yeah a little so. bit so, yeah, very exciting. I have to find jars and bottles, and we'll be linking that sort of stuff. So if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're going to get, if you're if you're interested in, in following along and links and that sort of stuff, go head over there, and we'll, we'll get you set up. Perfect. What else are we going to do every day for October? For October, oh yes, we oh we're so ambitious. So this, I this, about this. this is the month of challenge. This is the month of challenge because we we were laxing off working on a monumental couch overhaul. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we we we're going to do another one, another challenge, which is we're going to draw every day, and this is for me and Edwin. Yes. That we're going to draw every day. I am psyched for this and i'm sure like the fifth day and i'm going to be tired of you're it you're going to be so tired of it like i can't but you have to uh this is inspired by inktober which is uh what is inktober inktober is just something that somebody started on instagram where you use the hashtag inktober and so the idea is that every day you do a different ink drawing okay but now it's like this whole thing they have books uh, with prompts with prompts and how to draw and they each year now they give a different list of prompts for every day in october so it's a really fun thing and it's just good to get that creativity so like if you're kind of stuck in a rut you just follow the prompt and you don't think about like oh is this the perfect thing to draw you just draw something yeah uh i don't know if we're going to be following that but we're definitely going to be drawing every day I'm excited and hopefully for get it. some some level of finish not like just three lines Although hopefully, that, yeah. hopefully more than that, but you know what? Sometimes that counts. Sometimes yeah. just a bunch of lines and, and squiggles. Once upon a time, there was a sensible straight line who was hopelessly in love with a dot. You're the beginning and the end, the hub, the core, and the quintessence, he told her tenderly. But the frivolous dot wasn't a bit interested, for she only had eyes for a wild and unkempt squiggle who never seemed to have anything on his mind at all. It's good practice. It all it all builds up. And you're going to be able to see that in our Instagram story. Yes. So definitely follow there to hold us accountable because if you're not seeing it, you got to yeah, yell at us. That's right. And so, you can yell at us at our email, which is ducksneverwaver at gmail.com. Yes. 
Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're going to see if we can uh, rise to the challenge. Can we actually do three challenges in one month? Right. Hmm. I think we can. I think so. I'm confident. I, I hope so. I think it'll be good. Especially the drawing one and the kombucha. The, the torture bed of pain I'm a little less excited about. Oh, I'll be fine. Okay. All right. Now, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yes. In the pit of despair. Okay. If you say so. Yes. Otherwise, and then we, I'll make you do it for a moment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. When we have more to report, we'll report right back here. So, keep tuning in, folks. We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky. We need, I think we need to have a challenge song. Like, for like, we're having a challenge. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, maybe it should just be Indiana Jones. Dun, 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 dun. We need something to, to hype us up. Hype, we hype. will, we will challenge you. Oh, you want me to make one? I don't know. You did make one before. It was a lot of work. <laughs> and that was more singing. I'm mean, I mean, shy and nervous. Okay, seriously though, should we have a challenge song? And, um... Well, I don't want the challenge song to be hokey, you know, like Barney the Dinosaur, kind of like, it's a challenge, come on, everybody, let's sing. It's challenge, challenge time. Everybody hop in the bus to challenge, oh yeah, challenge time. We're all going to challenge. Yeah! yeah! Actually... <laughs> There's part of me that likes it, though. <laughs> this is the challenge song. We're going on a challenge. Here we go. Climb on the challenge bus. We're going for a challenge. Here we go. Yay! That wasn't bad. <laughs> well, it depends. In, in, a, in a certain way. It uh, depends how you define bad, I suppose. It's so bad, it's good. <laughs>